Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Thank you. It is nice to talk to you. Always good to catch up. Uh, always good to catch up, Andy. I got to ask you something off the top here. I was talking to Bob Stoffer in the last half hour. Do you remember having a golf tournament in Penticton? The Dan Russell show was out from CKNW in Vancouver, and Daryl Ray and Jim Ralph kind of took over? Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, 15 years worth of that charity tournament. And uh, Dan Russell's, I think, was called Sports Talk. Uh, the best night of their year was typically on a couple of golf carts out in front of the pro shop at the Penticton Golf and Country Club. And uh, Razor and Ralph, uh, Razor and Ralph had a little five minute show every year with, uh, with Russ sort of emceeing. All right, and are, are we just going to leave it at that? Because maybe the content is. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you. By the end of it, uh, th- now this is funny. By the end of it, was so popular that the golf course put out bleachers, and Boston Pizza, our main sponsor, delivered pizza to the fans during the show. So we, it was a bit of a cult following down there at the golf course. It didn't hurt to be uh, July in Penticton, so uh, lots of uh, nice weather and uh, some yeah, some great stories and some, <laughs> some great sessions on those two golf carts. <laughs> well, Penticton, a, a great part of the world. One of my best friends moved there uh, recently, and the Canucks have had that Young Stars tournament there when we've been able to have it, obviously, uh, which which has been fun to go cover for sure. Uh, growing up there playing minor hockey, were you, a, were you a goalie all along, or what was your journey as a little guy? Yeah, I took I took to it pretty quickly. Uh, my dad's old stuff was in the basement, so that was a good fit. And, uh, you know, the... Donnie, Donnie Moog, my dad, was uh, part of that 55 team, the V's team, that went over and won the world championship. So uh, we had a little bit of a hockey uh, hockey history in our family. So goalie was the right place for me to be when I got to the right age. And who, what, what communities were uh, your, your minor hockey rivals? Like, did you have to go up to Kelowna or were you uh, other smaller places around Penticton? Yeah, it was up and down. It was called the Okanagan Mainline, and you played, uh, you know, you played Kelowna, you played Vernon, and Kamloops had two teams. You went over to Merritt and Penticton. So that was, uh, I, I don't know whether we were double A AA or triple A. I don't know what it mattered back then. But anyways, those were teams in our league, and uh, Penticton was a whipping boy for most of those teams. So I, I got my fair share of work. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. <laughs> Good stuff. Okay, I think uh, I think Stoff is listening, and he's gonna he's gonna pop on here in a second. I don't know if he if he wants more on what Ralph and Razor okay. were. Uh... Okay, just 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 wait a sec here, because I was uh, hey, Annie at Stoffer here. Look, I was up in, okay. I was uh, planting trees up in Prince George, and and maybe it had to do with the state that I had at that time while I was in university. But I remember the conversation being a little. Well, let's put it this way: it was good that Dan Russell had an evening show. Let's just put it that way because those guys push yeah. the envelope and uh all so you, 
you know, uh, we, we were, were in Edmonton, and, you know, you mentioned your dad on that 55 team, and all I can think of is the Warwick brothers because I, yeah. I swear, when you talk to Billy uh, Warwick, God rest his soul, next to the Richards, they're the greatest brother tandem of all time. I tell you, what a bunch of characters. You, you know the story about Billy, right? Go for when it. The team won the, when the team won the 55 championship, they got to bring the cup home. And to this day, Billy's family swears that they got a replica made, and the replica went back, and Billy's kept the original World Cup ever since. That's uh, awesome. His family has. Yeah. All right, Reed, I've yeah, indulged guess. enough. Great talking. Thanks, Andy, for your time. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love when Bob does that. that that's cool. Yeah. I, I, I want to ask you about a, a specific game, Andy, and this uh, you and I did not talk about ahead of time. So okay. uh, if you don't remember the game, that's fine. But if you do, there might be a story there. So the Oilers the other night came back from from three down against Vancouver. Their biggest comeback against the Canucks was October 19th, 1983. The Oilers were down 6-2 and won the game 10-7. Grant started, you finished, and got the win with six saves on seven shots, a 10-7 victory. Does that ring a bell at all? Uh, It it doesn't, but... In particular, I would have always remembered Vancouver wins being, you know, so close to home. But that one doesn't ring a bell, no. But it it sounds very reminiscent of what happened in the early eight. Well, you guys had some some big nights, obviously, uh, against the Vancouver Canucks, as you guys were becoming a, a powerhouse for sure. So I don't I don't know if that made you less popular in your home province or yeah. more popular. I'll tell you. I'll tell you the two games against the Canucks that really stick with me uh, was uh, it was Bill Forge's last game there, and we beat them thirteen nothing. And then John Garrett, the backup to Richard Brodeur, was in for most of that thirteen. He came back into Edmonton the next time the Canucks played, and he beat us one nothing. It was uh, probably one of the best goaltending performances, maybe second to uh, Ron Tugnut's 70 saves in, in the Garden. It was amazing. He was unbelievable that night. Were you the other goalie in the Tugnut game? I was. Uh, I had the best seat in the house. Reggie was playing, and I was sitting on the bench. <laughs> so I think it was a 3-3 tie, wasn't it? Because that was five minutes over yeah. time, and there were no shootouts. What, so what was it like watching Tugnut in that game? Well, it, it it was it was amazing. We were icing Ray's arms down when he came to the bench because Bork had like 22 shots in the game. I'm not exaggerating. Ray had 22 shots in the game, and and Tugnut just got you know it was he was so tired at the end he just tried to fill up space and he and it worked. He filled up space and, and he and he made some spectacular saves, but mostly he was just. It was like glue. The puck hit him; it stuck to him virtually every shot. It wasn't like it wasn't like forty saves and twenty five rebounds. It was it was uh, it was uh, seventy attempts and saves and unbelievable. Were, were the Bruins fans, who are obviously pre- pretty rabid pro Boston, of yeah. course, were, yeah. were they even applauding him by the end of the evening? Standing ovation after overtime. Standing ovation, and Tuggy came out for uh, the first star and another standing ovation. Uh, they they were very appreciative. They we threw everything at them, and and to squeeze a point out of it was pretty cool. Andy Moog joining us tonight on the Face Off Show, getting you ready for the Oilers and, and the Canucks. How much have you been able to watch? I, I know you're down in uh, in Texas, and uh, I know you still fo- follow hockey. Have you been able to see a fair bit of Oilers action, or what's it like following the team now? You know what? I got in a lot of hockey and a lot of action early in the season, a little bit less lately. But 
you know, everybody came out of the everybody came out of the shoot with with sort of a an energy, but not really much direction. And quite frankly, I enjoyed watching the games. They were they were full of errors and miscues, and and the, the unpredictableness of the game is something I enjoy. And those games early on in the season were very unpredictable. Yeah. Uh, Mike Smith has come back. He, he turns 39 in a couple of weeks, and, but but he looks better than ever. And now he's, you know, he's getting more work here than, um, than, than Koskinen. You know, as you got through your career, what were some of the things you had to do maybe in your 30s uh, that you didn't have to do in your 20s to stay sharp, if anything? Uh, I, I think the the volume or the amount of preparation and recovery increased every year once I hit 30. It, it was just it was it was an overwhelming part of the game. Preparation to play, recover afterwards, and and in the end for me that was the, that was the part that drove me out. Now knowing Mike Smith, uh, I had Mike Smith when he was a 19 year old breaking in here in the Dallas organization. So I've known. I've known this kid for 20-something years now, and he's, I mean, you obviously can tell he's a—he's an elite world athlete, fit as you can be. Uh, I think I think Mike's greatest challenge would be to, to balance everything off. You have to do all that work, but find the rest and recovery as well. That's, you know, he's a worker, and, and uh, I think sometimes he works himself into bad spots. So recovery for him would probably be more important than most athletes at 39. He needs to find rest throughout that the course of the, the season. He let in a really weird goal, a bad goal, but a weird goal, 66 seconds into the game on uh, Tuesday. I guess it's one of those mm-hmm. you say it's an impossible angle until the puck goes in, and then you call it a near-impossible yeah. angle. He said he wasn't even going to bother going back to watch the replay. How did you deal with uh, with with bad goals against when you played? Well, I, I sort of had the attitude that I wanted to know. That was that was sort of how I processed through and got to the other side. I wanted to know specifically. I wanted to I wanted to know what was wrong. So the negative for me was a tool to learn. And you know, some guys are like that, and they they dig into the negative and they t- want to analyze. Some guys are okay just processing it through and moving on without a lot of negative. So uh, I think I think Mike's a pretty easygoing guy until you get too close to his crease or whack him for a rebound, then you see a different cat come out. But uh, uh, that, that's, that's my recollection of Mike. He wanted to, he wanted to work, he wanted to train, and he wasn't too, too tied into the negatives of the past. So maybe that's, uh, that's his way to process through and, and keep looking forward. And Andy, I should ask you a non-hockey question because Texas was uh, was in the news because of the weather and and power issues there. How how was that? I mean, obviously that was that was pretty scary to go through. Uh, I know you would have lived through a lot of storms as a as mm-hmm. a Canadian, but they're maybe not as used to it in that part of the world. What was it like dealing with that? Well. Uh... It was 36 hours here at the house without power, and ultimately we went up to my my daughter lives about five miles away up uh, a little farther north, and she had power. So we spent uh, I spent two nights up there with her. Um, the the houses just aren't made to hold the heat, and uh, uh, it was fr- it was cold, it was freezing, and uh, uh, the worst part was no power here. But I was fortunate enough not to have any plumbing damage or leaks or anything of that nature. So when the power came on, I was back into the house and far more fortunate to some but uh it was uh, it was as big a uh, winter storm as i've ever been in and that that includes new england and edmonton and northern alberta 
Oh, wow. Okay. Well, glad you're all right and the family's doing well. Andy, it, it's always a pleasure to have you on the show. Thanks for going down memory lane a bit and, and talking about the current <laughs> edition of the Oilers as well. We always appreciate it. Enjoy the season here as you continue following your old club. All the best to you, man. Uh, my pleasure. You're welcome, Reed. That is Andy Moak checking in tonight, former Edmonton Oilers goaltender. Of course, he talked a little bit about his tenure with uh, with the Dallas Stars as well, played for Boston, played for the Montreal Canadiens. Really good guy. Fun to catch up with him as we get you set for the Oilers and the Canucks at 8 o'clock.